high school each Sunday night. I'd watch the practice with none of my friends. I'd turn the dial to ABC to see the creep of the week that Bobby Donald defends. But I'm out of practice. And your host, Keith Marnie. QVC, so I missed the practice. There was no TiVo. What could I do? Wait 15 years, get fat, then stream it on Hulu. And your Santa come? Uh, it's not even showing up. Stockings, Christmas, candy. Christmas is over, and I guess that's the best we could possibly ask for. Out of practice! And welcome to the Out of Practice podcast, a weekly podcast that talks about David E. Kelly's award-winning series, The Practice. But today, today we have a crossover. We are not doing The Practice. We are doing David E. Kelly's sister show, Boston Public, which we are doing a crossover with our heroes, continuing the story from last week. Uh, it is the day after Christmas. It is 48 hours before I am moving to my first Ooh. new house with my wife. And you'd think that would be a great opportunity to take a week off of the Out of Practice podcast. It Maybe drop in a little, like, you know, uh, happy holidays message and then go on with our lives like all other sane podcasts do. But no, we are coming up on our two-year anniversary of doing this silly podcast. And we have never once, never once missed a week giving you a full episode of our nonsense. And we're not going to start now. Howard thinks, Mike. They're good, and and I don't know if maybe you just didn't know this, but this yeah. today this crossover episode marks the one hundredth episode of Oops. Does it? I have it marked for for next week. Hold on, let me check. Am the... I wrong? Hold I, on, I could I'm, be I'm wrong. Check. I've often been I'm wrong. I've often been wrong. The official. I think you're counting the theme song that we dropped in. I am. I am counting that. So. Yes. So, you're so right. <laughs> this is episode number 99 of Oops. Next episode, uh, which will be Awakenings, okay, will be our official 100th full episode. I think that's that's fair because we don't count the we don't count the theme song and the crossover shouldn't be 100. So it, it all works out and we both get to be right. Yes, that's true. That's we're, we're all right in our own hearts. How was your holiday? It was good. What did we, you do? We stayed home. Uh, we. We are going to maybe do a drive-by present drop-off to my sister and brother tomorrow, but we stayed home ourselves. We woke up. We got drunk very quickly, which I think is a highlight. Um, and we proceeded to do a little gifty exchange. Uh, there wasn't a lot to, mm -hmm, to do, mm -hmm. obviously. We moved this year. You know the feeling. There's not a lot of uh, spare money to go around. So it was more of a, a little tiny gift exchange. We then watched Wonder Woman, which... Uh, I'll give a solid meh. And uh, then we watched Pixar's Soul. Now, spoiler alert, I 
love mm -hmm. all Pixar movies, except for I thought Cars was meh, and I didn't particularly care for the latest one, which was called um, On Onward? Onward. Upward? Onward. Something word. Upward. Up. Uh, I Onward I thought was kind of okay. Meh, I didn't okay. really like it. But long story short, Soul, Keith, is about, in so many ways, us. Literally us. People like us, people pursuing the arts, people pursuing any dream. It is wonderful on so many levels. It's metaphysical, which is something they don't usually touch on. It is based in like a hard truth that you don't learn until you've lived a life. It, it's very good. Mm. Uh, uh, that's all I'll say. Um, and then that's about it. Uh, I will say that a, a friend of mine this week uh, who was way too young to leave us passed away uh, with COVID. And so that sort of re... Oh, geez, I'm sorry. Re sort of focused the perspective of a lot of things. That, that things are still mm -hmm. serious and that we should be really, really uh, grateful and appreciative for our health and for, uh, you know, all of the blessings we have. So, or just fortune, you know. However, you want to look at it. So that's kind of how it was. How 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 are you guys doing? I know you're in the, probably living amongst the boxes, and I can tell you, I empathize. So, no, no, we truly are, and I, you know, I think we both did, and I think it is sort of relevant to what you said. Continuing to take COVID seriously. Yes, I know there is a vaccine coming. That's great, but it's it's really scary. It's really grim. We have both lost people close to us. And I think that is probably true of uh, most of us out there. And uh, it's exhausting. It's been going on for almost a year. And uh, it becomes numbing. When when we're look, you know, in April, we're like, Oh, my God, 10,000 cases, 30,000 cases a day. And we're, you know, dropping quarter of a million cases right a day. And we're like, eh. And just because we're bored of it doesn't mean it's not true and doesn't mean it's not happening and doesn't mean that we're not having days where we're losing an entire 9-11's worth of people every day. Yeah. And uh, it is, it, you know, and I know the holidays, it's so fraught. We don't, everybody has competing interests. Everybody has competing levels of seriousness that they're taking this. Um, but we, uh, we stayed here. It was just the two of us. Uh, we Zoomed with both of our families, mm -hmm. which I thought was uh, really lovely, and and it was great. And that was uh, that was sort of the plan, um, partially because of COVID, but also partially because we're moving in forty eight hours. Uh, I will uh, here if you're if you're watching on the YouTube, you'll notice I'm today in in a courtroom. And uh, the reason for that is I have finally, we are so far into the packing process that my wall of narcissism is, is down behind me. So it's now just a hideous green wall with some packing bubbles behind it. So I'm classing it up here. with. So did you guys, are you guys going the manual move route since it's not too far or did you get movers? <laughs> no, we did not get movers. Uh, both, like you said, to save some dollars and... Uh, and also, you know, just trying to trying to limit the ten thousand people we're going to come in contact with throughout this uh, closing and moving process. Uh, so that's I'm a little scared of that, to be perfectly honest. Uh, mainly because 
<laughs> I'm 40 and my back's a little fucked up and I've got a little hernia and it's just like, and it's just the two of us moving all of our shit. Yeah, when you were 25, we're moving gonna... yourself was easy because you didn't have anything. Nothing. And you know. Nothing, yeah. All you needed was a U-Haul, but things have changed, I will, I will yeah. say. So we're, we, we've got the U-Haul, but we're going to uh, load and unload on different days to try to slow it down. So we're going to load on Monday and then unload starting on Tuesday. Um, and gonna, you know, what are you going to do Monday night? And if something goes haywire, we'll, what's that? What are you going to do Monday night? Uh, Monday night, we're going to, we have like an air mattress and we're just going to like make it work on the floor. That's, that's what we're going to cool. do. So, are you on Wi-Fi right no, now? I don't, I don't know if, I am not on Wi-Fi. You're a little out of sync. You stuttered for a second. Yeah. And then you, you were behind. Huh. Oh, well, interesting. I don't. I don't think it's me. Well, whatever. It, it, it doesn't matter. It'll all match so, up in the end because I will make it. You'll make it work, and uh, it, yeah, and so uh, Phoenix, I will. I will do a pre bottle. Uh, <laughs> it's the day after Christmas. I know we're out of sync. We don't get paid. <laughs> no, that is oh, true. Right. I will well, say, hold on. I have to put one more. I have to throw one more thing yeah. out there. Okay. The day before actual Christmas, or the day after now, the day before, I got a I got a email from my the company I work for. And uh they were like, Your timesheet's been unsubmitted, which I assumed meant rejected. And so I, I texted my manager and I said, Why did you reject my timesheet? She said I didn't. So I talked to HR and they say, Well, we decided now. Now, mind you, I've worked with this company for seven years. Uh I've been part time for the past four. We well plus we have been acquired, so there's anyway, long story short, they say, Oh, we just decided that like you don't qualify for holiday pay anymore. Like that's our determination. We've been thinking about it for a while. And so Keith, I was supposed to have Christmas, Christmas Eve, Christmas, and then all of next week paid off. And they told me the day before Christmas they weren't giving me any of that. So Fuck uh, you. So I had to take a last minute um side hustle. Uh working for this uh, Total Brain Health, they're called, just doing a, a project, a late-minute project for them. I was up till 4 o'clock in the morning Christmas Eve. I was up till 4 o'clock in the morning the day, after, the day of Christmas just to finish this project. And then I raised enough hell that I was able to get holiday pay. or uh, oh, I good. just put in for vacation pay because I raised enough hell. But still, it's just, just uh, further. So Jen also took a shift on Christmas Eve as a waitress. She made it more money on one day as a waitress than she has in her entire career as an actress. So that was good. So we did get smiled upon. There was a point to this story, and I've forgotten it now. Oh, damn. Well, the, the point is, you you had a full-on Griswold Christmas. Oh, yeah. Like we Because we, we watched Christmas Jelly Vacation of the month? where he gets screwed by the bonus with the boss at the exact same... Uh, yeah, exactly. So that's that's what we did. Uh, yeah, so I feel you. That sucks. They suck. We officially, the official uh, point of view of the Out of Practice podcast is uh, they suck. Yes. So let us move forward because it is the day after Christmas. I have to still pack some shit. Uh, so we are going to hop back into the time machine already. We're going to skip filings and subpoenas because we didn't have any because you all have a life. Unlike us, you have a life. You're doing things. We'll catch up next week. So we are hopping back to the time machine to the date of February 12th, the year 2001. Now, if you're keeping track at home, because who isn't, last episode that we did 
of the practice actually took place the day before on that Sunday night. But because we are doing a crossover event between the practice and Boston Public on consecutive nights, as opposed to consecutive hours, which they had last crossover, which was really interesting, but consecutive nights. Uh, so we are only going forward one day, but that does not get us off the hook to answer the question, what was going on? This day in the basement. Well, you'll recall I was auditioning for that show. I did get it, uh, as you know, since I spoiled the ending of that play. Uh, Brian? Uh, but my girlfriend uh, and I broke up, and this was when that happened. Oh, shit. Around now. Now, we will go, you know, as most early relationships do, we will go through probably almost a year of, like, that in-between zone where we're broken up, but, like, mm -hmm. you know. And that will go on for a while, but... Uh, yeah, it turns out the ending of the stories, we're still friends to this day, so that it it is nice. But uh, she broke up with me, and she was pretty blunt about it. I recall she said, "You won't. I just. I know I'm gonna oh, want. No. I'm gonna want more, and and you're not. Basically, it was like you're not gonna end up being enough." Now that being said, she knew that at that point I was leaning towards going into the being an actor, and that's a world she knew because she left that business. And uh, mm. I, as an adult now, I appreciate someone recognizing that, look, that's not a lifestyle I want to hitch my wagon to. Mm -hmm. But damn, when you're 19 years old, that that cuts deep. Well, and at 19, you don't realize how much uh, like a lifestyle or a life matters in these situations. Like you're not really clocking that, oh, we don't have to want the same thing for the summer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's you start like, like oh wait no there's other things going on and then yeah. it's it's not just hooking up for a summer so she was a little early on that but it's it's like having the discussion about kids mm -hmm. you know uh, once once we are old enough as as my wife and I like on the first date we discussed it because like why waste time if yeah. you're if you both have diametrically opposed feelings about that it's you know it's not a bad idea to get that hammered down earlier though for some like myself and it took me many years to figure this out, uh, confusing sex and lifelong love was very easy to do at 19 years old. You, you, you don't <laughs> well, realize that they're not intrinsically linked, necessarily. Well, well, yes, there are different, uh, let's say, opinion sources uh, that, that they be, become more and less important as you get older. <laughs> Oh, all right. So you were breaking That's a different up, podcast, uh, buddy. Valentine's <laughs> <laughs> Which yeah, we actually we would really be pretty qualified to do. That would be a good... We could do that podcast also. <laughs> Let's move forward. How about a you, Ben? podcast about a certain type of frustration. Yes. <laughs> uh, all right. <laughs> Especially around 19. Good Lord. I'm okay All to right. say no, uh, darling, but you don't have to say it with such disgust and indifference. I resent the enthusiasm I, of your no. <laughs> Hypothetically. Hypothetically say. I'm just saying <laughs> that may happen to some. <laughs> if we didn't need a musical number, okay? There oh, didn't yeah. need to be choreography you to You wrote the no. a song? Yeah, I didn't... <laughs> Did you improvise that or did you plan that ahead of it time? It sounds very well this? arranged. The arrangement is very good. 
I mean, all the rhymes are perfect. Yeah. You've got internal rhymes. Like, did you hire the on? Polish National you... Symphonic? Did you have to spend our money on this? <laughs> <laughs> At least you didn't hire live, <laughs> live, uh, live instrumentalists. At least you recorded oh. it. Oh, there was so. Anyway. Uh, that was really for our own amusement. Let's, <clears throat> let's go. That, Last that week was, was yeah, two hours little, and thirty minutes. Inside joke. Oh my god! Right? Yeah. Well, we're gonna get to the Polish Symphony Orchestra at some point. Shortly. Shortly. Probably before the end of the practice, we will actually uh, get to the the fated meeting of the two of us uh, singing to a MIDI disc track across the you country. Guys, you guys. All right. Uh, the video I have. Oh, I can't wait. I, you know, I lost the video. I don't have the video anymore. I, got I was going to try to find some of it for your birthday, but I couldn't find it on YouTube because it was up there for a while. It got taken down. The DVD I had somewhere. I thought I had it I'm on gonna, my computer. I am going to super it. cut the living shit out of it. So, No, you are not. I will quit this podcast right <laughs> here and now. I, I get I get cut approval because there, there's some moments there. I, I, don't, I feel fair. like the world doesn't need to know. That's fair, but... Trust me, there's pl- I'm the one dressed up as a 14-year-old boy, so I feel like there's plenty to go around, buddy. That's, And I look like somebody who'd be like a, a predator to 14-year-old boys running around with the violin, so let's be honest. <laughs> anyway, I, I killed Mike. So, uh, so in my basement uh, that day, as I should probably close my email, because uh, otherwise I'm going to be... Oh, it wasn't oh. even open. Right. Oh, is anyway. popular. <laughs> Keith gets a lot of junk mail. So, Keith yeah, so everybody a, doesn't have an uncle from Nigeria that needs me to, to deposit $3.5 and keep my own share? What? I mean, I could really use that. Let's be honest. Uh, anyway, so I was getting a promotion if you'd believe it, in uh, at the dining center, the Aramark Dining Center that I had worked at uh, for a good almost two and a half years at this point, I was duly promoted to student manager, which was the top of the pyramid for a student, and uh, became in charge of the entire place for my shifts which was very odd considering that most of the people under me were adults and I was a child. And for this, for all this responsibility, I had keys to the place, I had to open it up, I had this, that, all of these things. I was paid the princely sum of an additional 50 cents an hour, which got me all the way up to just under $7 an hour to work at this dining center. Uh, Although what they did do is they gave me, and this was a terrible idea for a uh, an aspiring man of girth, uh, was they gave me carte blanche with the food. So I didn't have to have a, a, a meal plan, which was great because that actually saved me a lot of money and made, the, made the, the money worth it. But I did have keys and I could just eat whatever I wanted whenever I wanted. Uh, and that was a, a, a poor idea. And it's exactly so what you did probably. That's... Oh, I absolutely! Oh my God, I ate so much, and it was uh, I was kind of a big deal. I definitely felt like a like a big deal there at the dining center. You're like Oprah, you get a free meal. You get a free meal. 
No, just like, I get some fries, and I get some fries, and I get some more fries. And I get a pie. Uh, two pies. <laughs> two pies. Yeah, that was, uh, that's what I did. All right, well, I got dumped and okay. Keith got fatter. Okay. So there you go. It's time. What? I said, so I got dumped and Keith got fatter. There you go. I got pre-dumped. I was helping I was I was helping build up some rejection for later. It's time for the Out of Practice Podcasts This Day in the World. The greatest hits, the biggest movies, headlines from Vermont, essential sports updates, and for some inexplicable reason, the weather from 20 years ago. Now back to Keith and Mike. Okay, we are of course talking about February. Now here's a Lego. What the hell? Oh, here we what go. the hell was that? It was that they had a little intro. It was very annoying. Anyway, so we are still uh, in the week of February 11th, but now we're into Monday. The top song continued to be Miss Jackson, and here I am adding yet another bad acapella version of a song. The top movie continued to be Hannibal, of course. Ms. And Jackson. the Burlington Free Press cover said Napster decision due Ms. today. Jackson. And now, if you remember Jackson. Napster, you're old. Uh, but I know Mike does. And it was eventually shut down just a few months later on July 11th, 2001, was the end of Napster, which was the last time... It was uh, sort of over-the-counter theft of property. Now, it's, after that, it was just under-the-counter and even easier. So, there you go. Thank you very much, Miss Jackson Outcast cover. And now... It's time, it's time, time. It's time for sports. The Bruins and the Flyers were off that night, so to what? Just to watch the crossover. But the Flyers would beat the Islanders on the 14th, 3-1 off goals from Rick Tockett, Mark Recchi, and, si Recchi ah, and Simone Gagne. After a fight-filled blowout over Tampa, the Bruins laid a wet fart against Florida, losing 2-1 at the National Car Renter Center. But Bill Guerin did put in his 30th goal on the power play. I was not ready to say all those words. Not at all. All right, here we go. I'm a human being, God damn it! My life has value, and I'm not going to take this anymore. It's time to talk about the damn episode. Okay, folks, we are not talking about the practice. No, indeed, we are talking about Boston Public because some of our heroes from the practice will be appearing on Boston Public. Now, if you uh, aren't aware of it, we talked about it a little bit last week, but Boston Public is David E. Kelly's uh, show about a public school, public high school in Boston, uh, in the same area as our heroes, of course. And we met before this uh, a teacher who had been fired for not turning in another teacher who was sleeping with a student, and he hired Eleanor and Jimmy to represent him so as not to be fired. Now, this episode of Boston Public, we are it is only the 13th episode of Boston Public, period. And it was written, of course, by David E. Kelly, who at this point was writing two, possibly three shows at the same time, cocaine. And uh, <laughs> here it is. No, 
That's unsubstantiated. I have no reason to believe that other than the fact that he was able to successfully write three television programs at the same time. This episode was directed by Jonathan Pontell. Now, he has directed one episode of The Practice before. And would you believe that that one episode of The Practice was sex, lies, and monkeys? which we consider, at least thus far, to be the worst episode of The Practice ever by a healthy margin. So we're going to find out today, is, was that his fault? Or was that the writing of the show's fault? To be determined. All right, we have only one thing to do before we watch the darn episode, and that is... What is that supposed to mean? What's your problem? Is this what happens to women when you insert your penis? What? What? What does Mike think's gonna happen? Yeah, what if he would have drank the curdled milk? Then what would have happened? I don't know anything about Boston Public. All I know is that uh, <laughs> I paid very little attention to the Boston Public subplot last week because shit was blowing up, quite literally. It was. Uh, so rather than a big swing, I'm going to demure and take a little swing and tell us something. I can guarantee something. No, can, no. This is season five. I can big swing, sir. I can guarantee you Jimmy will be judgy. Somebody will be massive choo-choo-choo-chewing the scenery. Mm-hmm, and Eleanor mm-hmm. is going to go into labor like her friend Lindsay. Ooh, ooh all right. Good. Big swing. It's season I don't, five. Not, I don't know that she's going to have the baby. I think she's going to uh, go into go into labor and possibly have complications because, if I'm not mistaken, she ends up on Gideon's Crossing. Ooh, ooh. Okay, all right. That's a uh, that's a big swing. I think Eleanor's right, going to live folks. live in crossover universe for a while. She's. I, I mean, I hope she got paid extra for doing seventy-two episodes <laughs> this season on three different shows. All right. Well, it is now time for you to hop over to your podcasting service of choice if you are not already there, and listen to us. Listen to a very bad recorded off of the air in two thousand and one, clearly onto a VHS, which was then digitized with an early video capture card. Terrible copy. Actually, of this was clearly recorded on a Boston TiVo Public because there's a TiVo overlay a few times that appear on screen. Oh, is there? Yes. Uh, I will oh, say that's that crazy. All you right. are absolutely joining us for listening to the episode because you can't get it anywhere. No, you really can't. I mean, we did, but not in a in in a in more of a Napstery way than a Huluy <laughs> way. You know, a guy knows a guy who knew a guy who fell off the back of a truck. Yeah, it fell off a truck. We, it's not like we have a folder in our share folder called fell off a truck. No. Uh, also, <laughs> the analytics tell us that nobody uses the QR code, but there it is. <laughs> Just so that I have extra 10 <laughs> minutes of work. Uh, I'll put it up there anyway. Uh, much like the rest of the podcast. It's totally unnecessary, but it's there. <laughs> Completely. <laughs> We'll see you. Unnecessary. Uh, otherwise, we'll see you in a couple seconds for the oopsies. Ooh. Yeah. Boston Public, Season One, Episode Thirteen, Chapter Thirteen. Well, the school board it's chapter. It's a school. Sometimes, thing. the judge will likely call an evidentiary hearing. I don't think he'd ever overrule just on oral arguments. Okay. 
And you're, um, Eleanor, if, if you'd rather not be doing this. No, 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 I'm fine. Truthfully, I, I appreciate the distraction. How's she doing? Keep trying to hammer through She's the fact that that would happen, because it won't. Everybody's hopeful. My friend is clinging well, to her life. Again, if under the circumstances... We're fine, Kevin. Our argument will be that they acted capriciously, that it was arbitrary to fire you. To support this, we need to show that what you did wasn't so bad, but it's all in a context. Meaning? Meaning it's all relative to what else goes on in that school. You're talking in circles. What are you trying to tell me? What she's saying is, are you willing to get nasty, to fight ugly if we have to? <laughs> Miss Jackson, if you I nasty. gave that place four years of my <laughs> life. I was a dedicated teacher. And they fired me without so much as a blink. I would love to get ugly. Especially with Goober. Take Goober down. Who the hell's Goober? Oh. Uh, let me tell you. Massachusetts. In Massachusetts. Massachusetts. So I'm wondering, maybe that judge decided after being so shitty to Massachusetts, that's that's not fair. Let me go visit it. And he's like, oh my God, I love it so much. I'm gonna become a vice principal and change my name. Maybe it's the same guy. Okay. So this is the Boston Public theme song, guys. No laser sounds at all. No, but it does have a, a vibe of a, a snake charmer still. So. It, it totally still does. It also like has such an interesting musical vibe because it sets up the show to be a little more serious than it is. This is, I would absolutely expect to hear this while getting a like odd deep tissue massage from a Groupon that I got. Right, like an, an overpriced haircut. Yeah. Yeah. Lot, I mean, the cast is great. We will uh, introduce them all as they come in. Hey, I love Flyvel Finkel. Flyvel? <laughs> Isn't he American Tail? <laughs> Flyvel, yes. Somewhere out there, my world's got names. I had that solo in fifth grade. Did you wear an oversized sweater and a big hat? <laughs> of course. Okay, so we're seeing Goober in his office, i.e. Massachusetts. It's almost midnight. Come on, enough is enough. I want to be prepared. We, it says it's possible the judge will ask me questions. I need to be clear on what Mr. Riley knew and when he knew it. All right. You know, Scott, I... Never mind. What? It sort of looks well, like they shoot this on the same lot. I understand the decision to terminate Kevin Riley, and I agree with it. Probably but I think close, you should have conferred with me first. But they're on different networks. Oh. Has this been bothering you? Well, I didn't think so, but... Yes, I guess it has. Well, I never meant to usurp your authority, Stephen. I just... Well, I know Mr. Riley was a friend, and I... Uh... I think I felt I was sparing you from an awkward encounter. Okay. Scott, you know, that really isn't true. Hmm. It isn't. Excuse me. You fired him ten seconds after you found out he knew about Buddle and the girl. You didn't have time to consider my friendship with him. Did or whether Budlin? my involvement B would be Budlin? awkward. 
This feels accusatory. Well, I, maybe it is. I don't know. <laughs> you acted out of your Good own sense of authority with no regard for mine. You did it with Lipschitz, too. You fired him without even bothering to ask. That's not true. I specifically asked you before I went to the school. No, you made the decision. I and did no such thing. I am the principal of this school, Scott. Let's not forget that. I only step in when you forget it. Ooh. I beg your pardon? Oh, you heard me. Do you have something to say? Oh, now you're going to back down? You would have found a way to keep Milton Buttle. You never would have fired Kevin Ryan. You don't like name. making hard decisions, Stephen, especially when it involves your friends. I really thought friends. they had made up and a word instead of saying who diddled that kid, and but they said like who biddled and who buttle biddled, and I was like, well, that is a bad choice. <laughs> <laughs> no, Milton Buttle is the teacher who was actually having the affair with the student, not the person that. Uh, that Jimmy and uh, Cameron are representing, who was just his friend who covered it up. Did he actively cover it up, or he just didn't mention it? Uh, he did not mention it. Well, I mean, I guess it really depends on the definition of cover-up. Like, he didn't, like, forge any documents, but I, when he was asked about it, he said, no, it's not happening. Yeah, so he did actively lie. So that... that yeah, no, he, he, he didn't. It wasn't just a lie of omission. He actively lied. Situation. I am capable Although, of firing I'm not sure what the distinction anybody, is Scott. in this situation. Trust me. Is that a threat? It's information. Yes. You're quite capable of standing up for yourself. If you're attacked, you respond. If your authority is undermined, you leap into action. Where the hell are you to stand up for Dana Poole and Lisa Greer? I only throw myself into these situations to save you the time it takes to page me. I do your dirty work. And we both know it. I love these actors together, though. There will be no scenery left. No. It's an empty lot. So they go into court? Today? Well, we can go I hope Kevin wins. Now, Harry so we're in the, uh, the teacher's Riley break room, which is the nicest break room I've ever seen in my it. life. Yeah, what I want to know is who did Harry's parole officer go down on here to get him special treatment? Oh. Oh, hi, Lauren. Well, what are you talking about? Just the usual. You know, the school is going to hell because the idiots in That's administration are the dumber kind of it idiots. It sure is. <laughs> Teacher. Looks like she's grabbing a beer out of the fridge. Person for a hot second I thought was Marley Matlin, but it's clearly not. It's that other girl I know, but don't know her name and can't remember exactly why or I can't put my finger on where I know her from. What did you say about Harry Sonnet? Yes. Well, it is Jessalyn Gilsig, who uh, in this show, she is playing Lauren Davis, one of the teachers. But of course, we know her as D.A. Jennifer Liner. Yes. From Losers, Keepers, and Victimless Crimes. And even though it doesn't quite make sense because she is technically on a different show, it is the same world. And let's face it, we just want to play it. We're not supposed to notice that you've been on the show before. But now you get twice the residuals grinding at your door. So welcome back to the practice. I'll pretend that I I saw you in season two and you, you met your demise. demise. First you were a killer, but now you're set free. Ooh. First appearance made the killer, but you're 
Super Show on TV. Yes, indeed. Jessalyn Gilsig was so good on the practice, he made her the lead of Boston Public. So here we go. I got too excited. I knocked my headphones off. Oh, we were just kidding. It happens. Well, could you could you let me in on the joke? Look, Lauren, with all due respect to your relationship with Harry, I can criticize him if I choose to. Really? Why is that? Because I've been there. She's a bitch. I admit it. But she's good company. So she was banging Harry too. One cause supporting, if not Back in the day, yes, we'll introduce Harry later. This is Gina Phillips. And when a teacher fails to safeguard the welfare of a co-ed, when a teacher knows of a student being sexually exploited by a faculty member, and that teacher protects the faculty member, then I would submit... This is a misstatement of the facts. I am sorry. This was no conspiracy. This is simply a case of one teacher failing to rat on another. The pixelation of this episode, because the quality is so low of this bootleg, that uh, is basically like watching television through the prism of a Picasso painting. Well, it you know what it looks like? It looks like you're watching on your first flip phone. <laughs> it really does. But while we're stopped, let's do... That judge is actually the third character who is actually who is crossing over, because that is John Rubenstein playing oh. Judge Joseph Papp, who we have seen on the practice several times. However, what's not crossing over is the courtroom set, because as you mentioned, you know they, they look they have similar looks, but because uh, the practice is an ABC production, this is a Fox production. I I don't know this for certain. A better podcast would look it up, but I. Bet you that is one of the courtroom sets from Ally McBeal because Ally McBeal is also on Fox. Is this shooting in LA? Do you think though? Oh yeah, no, it's all it, all of it's in LA. Not I haven't seen a random fan yet. I object to this no. interruption, and I object to you. And while we're doing it, I know that lawyer from somewhere. The lawyer opposite her is Shannon O'Hurley who played a programmer in The Thaw on Star Trek Voyager. Here. Star Trek. Kevin Riley wasn't fired for anything he did, but rather what he didn't do. And the school board regulations say nothing about lack of conduct unbecoming a teacher. <laughs> if I knew counsel was prepared to argue semantics, I would have smiled before now. Oh, gee, don't pull a muscle. All right. The point so is, is Boston Honor, Public more of an Ally McBeal to warrant or, uh, a discharge. Is it a comedy yes. or well, it's, as inclined it's sort as of I halfway am between. Take your word for it. There's no like CGI uh, I like. I still need to see a lot more than what is on the And it does now, deal with so some serious stuff. But. We'll schedule an evidentiary hearing for tomorrow. Now, it's who not in like fact a murder made every the decision week. to terminate Mr. Riley? The assistant principal, Scott Goober. All right, we'll start with Mr. Goober tomorrow and then just McGoober. go from there. Been thinking that all week. We should get together, go over your testimony. It's a bold choice to write in the last name Uber, but then that's how you refer to him as well. Over and over and over again. A trial? A hearing. Goober's got to testify, maybe Kevin. Take a shot every time you hear the word Goober. What's going on? (laughs) Goober's taking the stand. Goober, shot! Petition saying they should take Kevin back. I know, I already said Got a bottle of whiskey for Christmas. I got it right here. Excuse me. Are you Lauren Davis? Yeah. I'm Ellen Refrat. The new wrestling coach? Wow. What the? All right, stop it right there. Because first off, what the fuck? Like, A, what the fuck? Why would, 
this guy doesn't know her, doesn't know Eleanor. He just randomly just said something horrible to a random stranger who walked into the room. Which is, it's like a weird thing that David E. Kelly does. He that's has what I'm saying. Like, that's a, that's char- not on the character. That's on David E. Kelly. What a dick. That's yeah. terrible. And his- actually, maybe you'll screenshot it, Keith. That I have to say, we don't need to defend her because Eleanor slash Cameron gave the He's look no- that was necessary. In fact, I'm going to yeah. roll it back in case we want to grab that. Oh, I don't. I don't think I can do that on VLC. Forget it. No, don't worry about it. We'll we'll, we'll get it later. I have it too. Kevin no, but like, a, it's a dick move. School. But while we're doing it. Uh, this it's a weird trope. What is that the ninety? What is the two thousand implication of that as well? You're the oh the new wrestling coach. Is that like a? Because to me it reads as like a, you know I don't know, but it's offensive. Like a size joke, which is so unnecessary, uh, and just like a weird David Kelly trope. But while we're at it, <laughs> let's introduce one of the male leads of the show, and that oh. was Nikki Cat playing Harry Senate, who is the boyfriend of Jessling Gilsig's character. And Nikki Cat, you would know from Dazed and Confused, Sin City behind the candelabra, he does an uncredited cameo in The Dark Knight, which uh, I was always like, oh god, it's a guy from Boston Public. Uh, he was also in the TV movie Night Rider 2010 in 1994, and uh, and was a child actor. So, other than that one shitty comment he made, he's a very good character on the show. Is he the David E. Kelly... Uh analog where it's the one guy character who all the girls bang and he gets to live through a hundred percent yes i hate to do this subpoena me why the likelihood is i won't need you but in case there is a reason i just have to cover myself you have a joke to go with that yeah but i'll wait till you're gone i'm very sorry for the inconvenience you don't even have to be there i just would like you on call okay Okay. oh miss fred seriously if there's anything we can do to help kevin I appreciate that. Yeah, so you just were shitty to the person who's helping what you want to happen. Help Kevin Riley. Why would I want to do that? Because I think it would be... He was be a total a... jerk to me. He could have given us up. He didn't. He's been a okay. good friend. I, like so guy. This... I owe him this. Yes. All right. So, yeah, let's just uh, let's him. just do this. You could just... The creepy guy who slept with the student and the student. You know, characters from this show that we don't watch, but we're watching today. Yeah. So, uh, the creepy guy who sleeps with a student student is Joey Slotnick, uh, who's another one of those actors who you just bump into in New York City all the time. Like Michael Emerson, like I bumped into like a couple of times. Joey Slotnick is just sort of always around. Uh, anyway, he uh, was in Twister, Hollow Man, Nip Tuck, and Alias. And while we're at it, the uh, the student he is te- uh, sleeping with is Bianca Kalich from Bosch Legacies Rules of Engagement and Dawson Creech. Creek. <laughs> Dawson's, Dawson's Creech. That's the crossover of Saved by the Bell and Dawson's Creek. Dawson's Creech. Dawson um, Creech. Look, guys, I'm moving in 48 hours. I don't the, know where I am or what's though? happening. The, the what's chick that? He's talk- the, the girl he's talking to is the student. Is the student? By how he did come to talk to you? Because they're still together. About about you, not me. Okay then. How about somebody who's been good to me? Can I think about it? You have to think quickly. She looks twenty-five. One other thing. What? I want to talk to your parents. But she's a minor on the show. 
or at least was when they were sleeping. She's a student. She's 18, but she's a student. And reason. You can't be angry up there, either one of you. Fine. Fine. You did what's best for the school. Scott, it wasn't about being vindictive. You simply... What if he's cross-examined as to why he operated outside the scope of his authority? I'm I sorry. did no such thing. He is the assistant principal. The fact that he took it upon himself to fire somebody... I recommended the dismissal. Make... It was for the school board to and decide what you yeah, school board to decide. Why didn't you just ask for Kevin's... Why you didn't even bother to discuss it with me? Why we you two say nothing. Oh, that's a crossover too. That line of advice. She can come in. And guys, I'm very sorry to bother you. I was just. It's so out quick you might miss it. But the here. person who Scott. introduced Eleanor, get ready. Person who introduced Eleanor. School crier. So the person who works in the uh, school superintendent or the uh, the principal's office is played by none other than Rashida Jones. Oh shit! Yes, you did. You didn't even see it because it was all pixelated. But that's Rashida Jones, of course, from Parks and Rec, The Social Network. I love you, man. Andrew Tribeca, and The Office, uh, who is by far the biggest star out of all of this. She was on Boston Public as just the person who randomly came in and said she she was the Lucy of this show. Uh, Lauren Davis, Harvey Lipschitz. It may not be necessary. I'm just covering all my bases. Lipschitz. And since I was here, I'm thinking Cicero. Milton Buttle's discharge was legit. But Kevin Riley, let's just rescind that one and avoid what we all know could be a very painful chapter. Painful for who, Miss Frett? Look, I admire teachers. I do. Principals, especially vice principals, you have a very tough job. You need the support of the school board, the respect of the faculty, not to mention the students. Let's skip the wind-up and just deliver the pitch. I will hang him out like laundry. Dirty laundry. You do yeah, not want to go there. Ma'am. Stephen? No, no. I want to say this. I understand you've had a tragedy with one of your partners, and these aren't the happiest of times. But if you think you can intimidate me, not going to happen. You project nicely. You don't need to be in my face. But while you're God, here, I love Eleanor. Look into my eyes. Do I look scared? And by the Fuck way, yeah. you're not better looking up close. All right, enough with the chest uh, can we Can we get the show of the two of them? Can I we get this to intimidate anybody? I am just telling you, I know what is going to happen. And I am I'm feeling like there's nice some sexual chemistry there, out. too. Like, they should totally That's hook unfortunate. Up. Let's save that for our other podcast, Keith. <laughs> Keith is frustrated. <laughs> well, I do love what I do. From all the stress of moving is what I mean. Right, right, right. We actually haven't heard the thirsty bumper in quite a while. Oh, yeah. Let me see if I can find it. Comedian? Oh, no, that's not it. That is absolutely not it. Mike Keith is thirsty. He's thirsty. He's stressed out about moving. Shake your ass. Watch yeah. Yeah. They licensed some music, which is why uh, this is probably isn't streaming anywhere, because that's Better. expensive. With E.E. E. Cummings. Yes. Bunch of disorganized words, and he just throws them out at random. And if we don't get what they mean, then we're supposed to think we're stupid? What is this? Women and men, both dong and ding. Summer, autumn, winter, spring. Give me a break. One of the students no? is checking Let's out the teacher's the ass. And... As were we, because they 
Made it real big in the frame. What are you doing, Calvin? Nothing. What was April just saying? Calvin is thirsty. Thirsty. Um, something about poetry. Hmm, something about poetry. Were you listening to what April was saying, Calvin? Were you too busy checking out my ass? I, I was kind of busy. Things my teacher never said to me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember that from public school. Though I do remember I had one teacher who was good looking. Just mm -hmm. one. Just, yeah, I had I had a student teacher come in once that we, we were totally vibing. We were not vibing. It was one way, but uh, yeah. Keith, do you want to hear, remember. this is, I'm going to tell this story very vaguely. In college, in one of my returns to college, uh, much like many spinoffs, that didn't last either. But uh, I did have a professor try to sleep with me. And uh, no kidding. somehow I was the moral one and was like, we are not going to do this. And it was uh, uncomfortable, but I still got no, checking out your ass. Was this a professor that you would uh, otherwise uh, have been interested in? Um, I was definitely interested at the very beginning. And when it got to that point, I became less interested because I realized that like- That's creepy. It, yeah, and just like it was going to, this was a person I re actually really appreciated and ended up being friends with. And that would have not been the case had. Yeah, these fair enough. Well, uh, <clears throat> by the time we get to the Polish Symphony Orchestra, I have a similar story. Okay. But we'll, uh, we'll get there when we get there. It's better than E.E. E. Cummings. <laughs> <laughs> when you grow up, Calvin, would you like a girl with an ass like mine? Yes, I would. Well, here's the problem. This ass is like honey. Girls with bottoms like this have a lot of choices, and they usually go for the smart guys, which tend to be the ones who paid attention in class. I'm you follow me, Calvin? Sure that's I think not so. Appropriate. Get the prize out. Gotta... Things that teachers shouldn't say. Keep my eyes off it. Now that's poetic. <laughs> I am guilty. That's a David E. Kelly scene, man. That sure, <laughs> sure as hell is. <laughs> of bad judgment for my own sake. But I have never, in my mind, hurt Lisa. You don't think you've hurt her? The spectacle of it, I'm sure, has caused embarrassment. But, Mr. Greer, I didn't exploit a teacher-student relationship. We never had such a relationship. She was never in my class. And as you know, when we began dating, I thought He's she was a student at Harvard. to her parents. If you came here looking for me to forgive you, Mr. I didn't come here for that. I came here because I love her, and I believe she loves me. And with your blessing, I'd like to continue seeing her. You're not gonna get his blessing! No, you are not, but I will point out that her father is played by Randy Oglesby, who played Dr. Feldman in Germ Warfare on uh -huh. The Practice. Two, we three, are four. Oh God, ah, ah, Two, ah, three, where four. is it? We're not supposed to notice that you've been on the show before But now you get twice the residuals arriving at your door So welcome back to the practice I'll pretend that I don't recognize That I saw you in season two and you met your demise First you were a killer, but then you set free First the Bruins, but I don't remember the rest you 
you can't bang my daughter tonight. <laughs> I'm definitely making that my ringtone. <laughs> uh, by the way, I think I've destroyed my voice. <laughs> we consider that our teachers. Speaking our of getting drunk on Christmas, I have a song about students. that. We should post it at the end. Mr. Riley's yeah, silence my way. here was unconscionable. Is it written in the teacher's handbook that a teacher must reveal the improprieties of a fellow teacher? No, and I would consider the obligation to be discretionary. But here, we're talking about sex with a student. That is such a violation of our trust to the community, to the parents. Sitting on that kind of secret, allowing the transgression to continue, as I said, it's simply unconscionable. Another teacher, Harry Sennett, you found out he had sexual conduct with a student by the name of Dana Poole? That was a kiss, certainly not intercourse. Oh, I'm just trying to get a sense of where the line is drawn here. A kiss is okay? I did not say it was okay, Ms. Fudd. I'm saying that it didn't rise to the level that would mandate a discharge. And what about fondling of a female student's breasts? Apparently, literally and figuratively. Absolutely. And what about if the teacher got the girl to fondle her own breasts for his entertainment? Would you fire him? Probably. And what about if a female teacher got a student to fondle her breasts? Would you also fire her? Yes. What if she got 15 girls to fondle themselves for a cheerleading routine? We put a stop to that routine. Did you fire the coach? No, she thought there was some redeeming artistic value. She to the got 14 year old girls to fondle themselves and she wasn't fired? Objection, relevance. Mr. Goober has maintained the decision to terminate <laughs> is often a subjective line. I am just trying to get a sense of where that line is. You want to know what she's doing right now? She's Tony Danza Harry in Senates, the teacher the who kissed Dana yep. Poole. He also shot a gun off in his class, did he not? He did, for which he was severely reprimanded. Was he fired? Are you recapping no. all season one no. of Boston Public? How was he severely reprimanded? Verbally. Harvey Lipschitz. Have you maintained that he lacks the mental faculties to continue teaching? I have said that, yes. Do you consider him to be a bigot? Yes. Have you maintained, because of his bigotry and his mental deficiencies, that he is an embarrassment to the school? Yes, and I tried to terminate him, but Does I was Does he still overruled. teach today at Winslow High? Yes. Marlene Walsh. Have you maintained that she spanks students for sexual pleasure? I tried to fire Mrs. Walsh. Does she still teach at Winslow High? Yes. Lauren Davis. An exceptional teacher. If she were to testify today that you sexually harassed her, would she be lying? I made overtures to her. As soon as she told me my interest made her uncomfortable, I desisted from making Do any further... Do you still continue to sniff her hair? Objection. I have never harassed any woman Mr. in Goober, my life. Mr. Goober, have you ever received a massage from a prostitute? Objection. Not knowing me, I certainly didn't. Plan B for McGoober. Super play, and I'd like to point out that every one of these things are plot points, <laughs> and there have only been twelve episodes yet. So if so, you're playing oh, Boston Public season one bingo, oh my god, you are drunk. Not and a I lot happens a at the school. I never told anybody you sexually harassed. So instead of a freak of the week, it's a sexual freak of the week every episode on Boston Public. Uh, Truly, it is the horniest of David E. Kelly shows, and that's really saying something. Uh, you know, both in my high school, we had a <clears throat> psychology teacher who went to prison for many years for uh, getting caught on NBC's Dateline for uh, oh, having shit. sex with underage girls. And our principal in the late 70s, early 80s, killed an English teacher and her two children and disintegrated their bodies in a vat of acid in the school. And it was made into an ABC miniseries called 
uh, uh, oh God, something darkness. Whispers in the darkness. Echoes in the oh. darkness. That's Holy about my shit. high school. Well, wait, so that happened back then, but is he a principal after doing that? No, uh, his name was J.C. Smith. In fact, we'll do a true crime, back in time true crime. His name was J.C. Smith. He was convicted of murder, but then uh, it was declared a mistrial because of something, uh, some bizarre, like, clerical issue, and he was released from prison and lived in our community, Keith, for the rest of his life. Yee-uh-ikes. So where would you get that line? I don't know. Look, people here knew that you asked me out, and that maybe... And still, it's less scandalous than Boston Public, is where I was going. I know. I was uncomfortable, but I never, ever told anybody I felt harassed. You. Me. I told you she felt my advances were oppressive. You must have told somebody. I never repeated that. Don't be accusing me. All right, hold it. They fight in every scene. It was probably a successful bluff. Eleanor Frutt got a little information, let us know she subpoenaed Lauren, and she Well, look, they're trying to get the crossover audience. I beg your pardon. All right, I need to see the two of you. It's almost as if they were prepared for meta-tagging that was going to come and be popular because they are making sure the first and last names are said and we are getting, right. our, we are getting our SEO. And we'll end with the also now. just recap the entire season. Catch you right up. <laughs> also, <laughs> This is what this character did. This is what this character did. Listen, uh, it's not my place to tell others how to teach, but I heard... However... Look, I just... Do, do you really think that it is appropriate to motivate your students with the message that the smart kids get the pretty girls? I never said that. Oh, what I said is the smart kids get the girls with the good asses. Oh. Yeah, the, the face you just made is the face I made. I don't know what is going on between you two, but you had better work it out. Because if the judge smells the animosity, and I can't see how he won't, it will hurt our chances. Look, you two need to be symbols of maturity in that room. So get your stuff out now and show up in court after lunch as grown-ups. Thank you. Agreed. My God, the B-roll so, audio from what's the, going on? the room noise is so That's loud. I told you. I don't like you being Alexander Haig every time. I don't time. do that, nor do I appreciate you're you saying me talk? that. If you confine yourself to common sense. Oh, that's real constructive, Scott. That's hey, she said be grown-ups. Hey, it is her. I told you. Is everyone's hair blonde in this show? Well, it's all the sun in Boston. There's no sun in Boston. I feel guilty about firing Kevin. I still believe the decision was warranted, but I nevertheless... By the way, every one of those people should have been fired. A hundred percent. He's a friend. Maybe... Maybe I should be glad you took matters into your... I don't know. I... I, in part, blame you. Well, that's what's going on with me. Where's your anger coming from? Your popularity. Oh, they're putting the cards on the table. I'm tired of being vilified every time every I... Every vice principal goes... I know that that's true to some degree. The assistant principal gets the brunt, but it's more than that. You're beloved, and I'm... The only person around here who even likes me, Stephen, is you. That isn't true. Yes, it is. 
And most days I can handle that, but sometimes I get, I get sick of it. Scott. And just allow me to be sick of it sometimes, okay? What is his speech sure. pattern? What are these accents? You know, uh, I was never well liked growing up. He is great though. And once He's I decided so to go into teaching, I knew I'd be a vice principal because that's the one job where it's appropriate to be hated. Do you think we should rehire Mr. Riley? I gotta say though, when I found that out, scene I told Milton so that he had to break it off. Good. I mean, you're, you're right. They are sort of like laying their cards on the table very directly. But that scene is so well written and so well acted that I almost like it redeems all the weird conflict before it. Because well, I thought that was just such a good moment there. And they're they, you know, David E. Kelly and the directors that he uh, hires always trust those actors and they give them the space to work. Like there's a lot of great use of silence there and a lot yep. of, you know, yep. that's it's that's a consistent thread throughout all of the properties we've seen. Even in Alan McBeal, we saw the same. And to answer your question about the accent, it, I, I, Anthony Held just sort of talks like that in general, but I almost wonder, I'm getting a little bit of Hannibal Lecter accent in there. Yeah. Uh, which would make sense because Anthony Held is in the uh, Silence of the Lamb series. About this. Yes. And he Jimmy! vowed that he would stop seeing her. And then he, in fact, told me that he ended it. Then what happened? I started to suspect that they were still seeing one another. I confronted him, and he admitted that he was still seeing her and that he was in love. And what did you do then, sir? I tried to reason with him. Then I went to her. Why? I wanted to be sure that she wasn't being exploited. And I tried to convince her to see the school guidance counselor. I guess the question is, when you found out that Milton Buttle was still with this student, why didn't you immediately go forward? Milton took me into his confidence. That has to count for something. If teachers are to Not help each other, case. and I believe they have to from time to time, then trust is important. Eventually, I would have turned him in if it kept going, and I told him that, but... Initially, trust has to matter. Milton Buttle took you into his confidence. Is that your testimony? Yes. How did you first find out he was sleeping with a student? I walked in on them. You caught him in the act. That's how he Fuck. took you into his confidence? Well, first I caught him. Then later he confided in me. Later he told you he ended it, didn't he, Mr. Riley? Yes. And that turned out to be a lie, didn't it, Mr. Riley? He did lie to me at first, before... A lot of trust and play here. Objection. Withdrawn. Mr. Riley, were you ever asked by Stephen Harper if Milton Buttle was having an affair with Lisa Greer? Yes. And what was your response? I told him I didn't know. And that was a lie also, wasn't it, Mr. Riley? Yes. So you didn't just fail to rat on a trusted friend. You lied for him, didn't you, sir? I suppose I covered for him, yes. before. Stephen Harper was a friend of yours too, wasn't he? Yes, he was. And you lied to him? I covered for Milton, yes. And if Lisa Greer's father came to you and said, gee, I am concerned, I think my daughter is involved with a faculty member, you would have lied to him too, wouldn't you have? Objection, speculation. Overruled. 
You would have lied to the parents too, wouldn't you, if Mr. Riley? I probably would have continued to cover for Milton. Yes. It's not good. Tina! Sign right here. Marla, they're in court. We all now. know that voice. Well, I feel we have to do The voice worth hearing! <laughs> Guys, this is Loretta Devine, who uh, has won an Emmy as Adele, the wife of uh, recurring the practice actor James Pickin Jr.'s on Grey's Anatomy. Weird crossover there. She's also on Supernatural, The Carmichael Show, Eli Stone, Boston Legal, Cop Rock, Sugar and Spice, and is, of course, a Broadway performer, including uh, Big Deal, Coming Up Town, Hair, and the original Broadway cast of Dreamgirls. Do I have a clip? Of course I have a clip. Guys, Loretta Devine. So, guys... If you are a Broadway fan and have not seen it, and I don't know how in the world you have not seen this, but get on the YouTube and watch the 1982 uh, Tony performance of And I Am Telling You from the original Broadway cast of Dream Girls of Jennifer Holliday, another, of course, uh, David E. Kelly player as a recurring character on Ally McBeal. It will melt your motherfucking face. Check it out. Anyway, Laura Devine. Broadway in the show notes. Something to give you peace of mind. <laughs> Which for you is hard to come by. Left or right <laughs> hand. Cool whip. Cool whip. Oh, wait, Jenna. Cool. I need yours, too. Cool whip. So you're going to testify against Goober? No. Goober! Hmm. Would you like to talk about him? Is that Lindsay Lohan? Or what's her name? Later. Hillary Duff? <laughs> it's neither. But close. She does sort of look like it's Alexandra Lee. What's the matter? Nothing. Nothing. So it's okay for you not to talk, but for me... All right. Twist your arm. Jenna. Oh. You know that she actually told some of her male students... Look, Harry, we both have passed. I don't expect you not to. And yeah, she does have a good ass. But that shouldn't affect our relationship. I'm smart, so I'm allowed to. Like she said. Fine then. Why are his jeans so bad? It's the 90s, or the late 90s. Or... And by that, of course, I mean 2001. And when Mr. Riley came to you, it was for the very to late 90s. the relationship. Did he say anything else? Yes. He tried to get me to see the guidance counselor. Did he think that you were vulnerable? Objection. Sustained. Could you determine Mr. Riley's purpose for advising you to seek counseling? I think he just wanted to be sure that I wasn't being exploited. Now, 
At some point, Lisa, your parents found out about your relationship with Mr. Buttle. Yes. And how did they react? At first, they were quite shaken, but now they support it. Your parents support you having a continued relationship with Mr. Buttle? Yes. They've met him. They realize that the relationship is extremely autonomous. And today, they have no problem with Milton and I seeing each other. I don't see how that's relevant. The issue is our decision, not the parents' reaction to it. Scott, we're screwed. Very well, right. Very because true. Because underlying your decision is the wisdom of a student and a teacher carrying on a relationship. With her own parents not challenging that wisdom, it makes the affair less shocking. And Mr. Riley's decision not no, that, to report it... That is not the issue. You might want to give him his job back and avoid... A, I'm not giving him his job back. I don't care what the parents think. What Kevin Riley did was wrong. It warrants the discharge. Yeah. Okay. He didn't just indict himself. It affects this school, the profession of teaching. It is not a small... Uh, maybe this is a terrible analogy, Keith. Correct me if I'm wrong, but... Well, wrong. Let's say, like, a student was wearing an inappropriate shirt or brought something to school that shouldn't have been brought to school that is against okay. the, the code of conduct, and the parent was cool with it. It doesn't mean the student still shouldn't be. Of course not. Parents are all over the place. Sometimes they're good. Sometimes they're terrible. Their judgment is good. There's like anything else. Like, fuck that. Matter. It isn't trivial. Keith and Mike agree. What? <laughs> I'm losing octaves each time. Me? That has to be conveyed. Otherwise, I'm not a lawyer. I can arrange it with the judge. Will you do it? Mike gave himself vocal damage tonight! <laughs> this episode brought to you by Nodes. <laughs> well, All you have to do... Nodes. Give them a Google. Except don't, because it's pretty nasty. <laughs> is tell the judge in your own words why Kevin Riley shouldn't teach at Winslow High. He banged a student. <sighs> no, he's the guy who covered up for the guy who banged the student. <laughs> <laughs> is Mike paying attention this week? <laughs> Signs point to notes. Marla's circulating a petition. Great. You guys couldn't get a bigger booth? There are six nice teachers shoved into a two top. It's a four by three shot, okay? If it was widescreen, they could have a bigger booth. This is so ridiculous. Why is the so small? Stephen may have this big hero status thing for teachers, but we're also kids. This is Sharon Leal, who was in the Dreamgirls movie. In Dana Pool. <laughs> Another licensed song playing in the background. Fox gave them a well, budget. It's not on Hulu, because they could not afford that song. One of, uh, that's one of the big crimes. Like that's why you, you don't ever see reruns of The Wonder Years because they license so much '60s music. Yeah, just, nobody can. And Too it's expensive. one of the it's one of the great shows I think of all time. I I or at least in my book, I love that show. Sure, we all did. I don't know if it holds up because I've never been able to go back. What would you've been quite do? the chatterbox? Is it a problem, Harry? No, it's just not like you to clam up. Well, if you think I'm a clam now, where do we get into bed? Oh, shit. Okay, so you obviously want to fight. No, I don't. I don't want to We should fight. have her on our podcast. <laughs> I slept with my mother. Did I ever tell you that? And the joke stopped. What? 
figured if you thought I did, then sleep with Janet Miller wouldn't seem to. Wait a second. <laughs> Total inconsistency. Why am I singing everything? <laughs> I should charge you for a voice lesson today. <laughs> no. I need more help than that. Uh, yeah, that was a weird. This guy is not the best comedian. Well, he's an he's an odd fellow. So he's saying weird and inappropriate things on a regular basis. So he's me. Yes. Why don't you sleep at your own place tonight? He just did like a, an up tempo before the end of the episode. He is here. Then what? Oh! It's Valentine's Day, damn it. I mean, you don't do a thing. We, we go out with the group. It's Valentine's like... Day is tomorrow. So? You could at least be warm As enough As of air to date, it. it was almost literally true, I mean, right? You could just throw it into drive on yep. February 14th. February 13th can be a very... I don't feel like spending the day before Valentine's Day obsessing over Jenna Miller. Okay, fine. I'll try to stop obsessing over her. Now are you laughing at me? Do I look like I'm laughing? No. You don't look like you're smiling when you're smiling. You are completely incapable of showing your emotions. That is another thing. Now he's now he's you, Keith. <laughs> he's quite the mashup of us. It's really he's gonna be inside. in the judge's hands. <laughs> and I can't really. But he's never it. felt more alive. <laughs> well, this time tomorrow. Sorry, Kevin. This isn't your doing, Milton. Of course it is. Yeah, it I is. put you in this position. I, I was willing to take my own chances, but I'll never forgive myself for doing person. this to you. You've been a good friend. How come nobody puts a premium on that? Because it's not particularly Let's just relevant. See what happens. Because it's a good friend to help somebody cover up a murder, too, but doesn't make you a good person. Well, he tried to discourage the relationship. Ooh. He went to Lisa Greer to convince her to get counseling. Oh, he would have revealed wait, the affair. Wait, 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 wait. It's closing time. Time to put your case to bed. It's closing. All right, Eleanor. I don't see any way in which she loses here. So, oh wait, that she wins. I mean, like, but just because the parents are cool with it, I guess. It continued, but Scott Goober found out first. I think the bigger problem, Keith, is I don't particularly give a shit. Well, I give a shit. I'm just rooting against our heroes. First, we can all question Kevin Riley's judgment, but to fire him. Well, the our heroes always yeah. our heroes. Yeah, but yeah, we're not. We're we're unreliable narrators because we uh, we watch the other show. That's right. His teaching record is otherwise unblemished. And when you consider the other people who are allowed to teach, Harry Sennett, who kisses students and shoots guns in classrooms. Marlene Walsh, who paddles bottoms, possibly for sexual pleasure. Harvey Lipschitz, a bigot, who orders girls to wear bras for the good of the country. Marla Hendricks, a manic depressive who goes on and off her medication, leaves notes on the blackboard, gone to kill myself. Tina Knowles, who coaches the cheerleading squad to touch themselves. The principal, Stephen Harper, who assaults students, throws them against lockers, and Scott Goober, a sexual harasser with a shampoo fetish. 
Catch these actions and many more Tuesday nights at 8 on Boston <laughs> Who innocently or not ends up getting a massage. You don't want to miss hooker. any of that, do you? Look, I know a lot of stuff goes down in high school. And I am not suggesting that any Apparently, of these so people the deserve students. to be fired. But to fire Kevin Riley, a model, dedicated teacher who did nothing but fail to report something, all the while dealing with the problem, trying to fix it. This goes beyond arbitrary, Your Honor. It is outrageous and hugely disproportionate to his offense. We want to teach the children of America due process fairness. Well, maybe first, we need to teach the schools. It's a good close. She Tony danced the shit out of it. She did. She tried. All right. She McBride's going to do his own damn clothes. It's unorthodox. Principal Harper, let's do this. I'm no lawyer. And Miss Frutt, she's obviously quite a good one. And what she's done here... Objection, Your Honor. The issue here is not me nor what I have done, and perhaps if Mr. Harper were a lawyer... I'm responding to what you've been saying, Miss Frutt. Sit down, Miss Frutt. Go coach wrestling. Go ahead, Mr. Harper. If Miss Frutt thinks the issue truly is about Kevin Riley and his actions, then why is she bringing up Harry Sennett, Marla Hendricks, and everybody else? What she's done here, she's tried to lower the nice standards of the high school teacher, demonstrate to the court that they're a suspect group of people, that we should, come on, drop our expectations. And once we do that, once we get realistic about who and what teachers really are, then how can you fire Kevin Riley? Honesty's not that big a deal, is it? The list of nuts she reeled off. We all have our flaws, no question. But we also have one thing in common. We put the interest of our students first. Kevin Riley didn't. He prioritized a personal friendship. Did it warrant him getting fired? The answer is yes. I like Kevin. Good teacher, good coach, good guy. But he's not honest. He lied to me about this affair. He lied. Simply put, end of the day, he's not trustworthy. Harry Sennett is. Marla Hendricks, Scott Guber, I can trust every one of them. I don't trust Kevin. Not to be straight with me. Not to be straight with the parents who put their kids in our care. And given that, how do I keep him? Contrary to what Miss Frutt would have you believe, people do have high expectations of us. A teacher was sleeping with a student. He found out about it, lied about it, allowed it to continue, even if I could forgive that kind of dishonesty. I certainly couldn't tolerate it. If I could, why the hell should any parent trust me?
Okay, well, uh, let me know as soon as he rolls. Okay. I mean, that was a great counterpose hey. for a non-lawyer. Oh, it's amazing. Talking out of school, are we? What do you mean? And what I think it really Lauren? gets to the heart yeah. of the what issue. Is <laughs> Which I didn't was say like, anything, Harry. She insinuated she was that I didn't know you were Period. allowed to criticize you. End of story. Told her that I did. Wait, you criticized me? Oh, hold on, what, what did you say? Nothing, Harry. Look, if she's jealous, just tell her the truth. We had no real emotional involvement. It was just tons and tons of sex. Mm-mm, that's not what I would tell her, Harry. Harry, anything? Yeah, I just talked to Kevin. Um, he said the judge is going to rule in about an hour. What's he think? 50-50. He said Steven was really good. Oh, yeah. Hero shot walking down the hall. He said it'd be an hour tops. It's been an hour and ten minutes. I'm sure it'll be soon. The loosest suit available. Look, uh, Bobby would not be caught dead in that suit Thanks. unless it was season one. I thought you did a great job. Listen, Kevin, whatever I do... Go to hell, Stephen. You want to throw me up against the wall now? Share one of your profundities? I mean, that's your big strength, isn't it, Stephen? Walking away, that's another. All right. You're such a hypocrite. Yeah, firing me really put the interests of the students first. The students got hurt, Stephen. And you know it. But hey, your little autocracy stayed intact. All right, Kevin. Peace with Scott. People see him coming. Eleanor? Kevin, he's back. Jimmy, you got a line? He had a line earlier. Yeah, he had a Not scene a on the stand, but it wasn't a lot. He had, a, uh, he had an easy week. For the last hour, I've been going back and forth on this one. Truth be told, I didn't know how I was going to rule. Then I got a visit. On her way home from school, my 17-year-old daughter dropped in Uh-oh. to say hello. As I looked at her, I tried to imagine her being involved in a sexual affair with a faculty member at her high school. I would be outraged, of course. But then I tried to imagine that teacher being found out by another faculty member, only to have the matter covered up, to have the affair continue. And this issue became crystal clear to me. We give you our children. We give you our children. I find Mr. Riley's dismissal to be lawful. Petitioner's motion for a declaratory judgment denied. We are adjourned. Eleanor loses. Yeah, boy, you know, we're going to come on your show, boost your ratings, and we're going to lose? But I'm 100% behind it. Yeah, me too. Remind me, though. How did they... How do we know them? Uh... The guy who was fired, the defendant here, of course, is an, old, an old friend, friend of Eleanor's. Of okay, yeah. Because I don't think she'd have taken that case outside of that, which is usually the case. I mean, and while her friend is fighting for her life, you know, her dear friend, uh, Rebecca. Mm-hmm. Did you hear? Yeah. I thought he'd win. 
I really did. I just talked to him. He's okay. He's on his way over, I guess. Uh, he's still got some stuff to take home. What's that? That? That's your Valentine's present. Right. Here's my dick in a box. I thought maybe later you could pop my weasel. Okay, I didn't. We, I set not. him up for that joke and didn't know it. <laughs> you sure did. He's so weird. So weird. Like, why does she like him? Are we supposed to like him? Uh, he has redemptive moments in other episodes. Is it a ring? What's in the box? What's in the box? <laughs> oh God, it's stupid. It's he. My emotions just fine. It's his head on. It's his head on a bear. Actually, it's Mr. Hanks's head. It's weird. Oh, it's pissing on her now. I what is limits, happening? <laughs> thought that counts. Could you screenshot <laughs> that too? That weird shot of it <laughs> pissing on her. Wilson and Kevin are upstairs. So are about to leave. It's so weird. Who is this guy? He's a sociopath. I didn't realize They're it then, but he's clearly a weird scenes, sociopath. Okay. This is the yeah. last episode of Boston Public I've ever watched. Yeah. 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 Exactly. And I was thinking about starting Maybe, up a poker game. Oh, that sounds like a bad idea, but we'll call you. <laughs> Our friendship was mostly after hours anyway, so what if we don't work side by side. Yeah, that's right. I mean, in fact, maybe this will force us to do more things together after hours. Right, so mm -hmm. I don't go to Doyle's much. Okay, let's do it now. <laughs> Finally, he said something. We didn't introduce Fiverr Finkel. Well, I mean, I did butcher his name earlier, so I guess I kind of counted. Yes, we are introducing Fifish Finkel, or as uh, Mike says it, Fifel and Fifel Goes West, <laughs> who is a two-time Emmy and Golden Globe nominee for Picket Fences, another David E. Kelly masterpiece. You also see him in Nixon, a serious man. He played Douglas Wambach on a crossover which is the character he played in Pick Advances in Chicago Hope. So we actually, they had another crossover with that. He toured in Fiddler on the Roof for 14 years, including the Broadway productions in 1964 and 1981. Another connection with us and CEO Jen. Fifish Finkel, always enjoyable. And the only one willing to like call... Uh call his friend, well, I don't want to say friend, call his colleague out there. Everyone else is just like, yeah, we're still going to be buddies. Everything's cool. And he's yeah, like, let's yeah, let's all be friends. Eh, maybe not. Eh. I don't get out much. Look, uh, I'll be around. And, uh... See you, Harry. Actually, you won't. Because this will be, he comes back for one episode, but this is the end of both of these major characters on the show. <laughs> Well, because I think you, you, I don't see it be interesting, better podcast and all, or a podcast about this show, is whether they were writing them off or if this just like led to that, because you, you can't, there's no redemptive arc after that. No, no. I mean, I, they, or the question is, they're clearly, clearly writing them off, but why I wonder if that was the plan from the beginning of right, right, season right. one or not. Or if it was like, you guys aren't testing well, we're writing you off or budget Probably cuts. the latter. Because the show was flailing a little bit at this point. Milk. Yeah, we'll see. Okay. Ah. Mm. 
Goober watches from afar. You know, um, since Thanksgiving was such a success, I was thinking maybe doing Easter. Well, I love Easter. I love Easter. Yeah, let me check in with my eight-year-old girlfriend's parents and see what's up. See, now that was an interesting shot of Rashida Jones there. And I wonder if that was her her decision or not, because uh, creepy guy who slept with a student looks over at Rashida, who averts her eyes. She won't make eye contact with him. And we see a bit of like nonverbal acting where he realizes that they're all done with him, even though they're pretending they're going to get together at Eastman, Eastman, at Easter, which is... Which we we know all of that from Rashida averting her eyes. It's a really cool like little beat there. Thank God there's only forty minutes, forty seconds left because both of our brains, especially Keith's, are literally melting. Touch, okay. Oh my God. Mm. You know what Keith is great too is that this pandemic is really. I don't even have to offer to help you move. No, no, you are so <laughs> off the hook. I was but on I'm call sorry. to help you. Yep. I mean, and I didn't do it, but no, I was technically on call. But you could probably count on one hand the amount of people who would show up. I'd show up. That's true. Eric would show up. Uh-huh. My brother would show up. Oh, for your sure. Would show up. Where's your brother you at? Uh Philly. No. Oh uh, well. Yeah, he's He's near you. And they leave the school and the show. Is anybody watching children right now? You're all just in the hallway? <laughs> well, I think it's probably after the end of school, but everyone's like staring wistfully through glass. <laughs> Everybody's staring through glass. Oh. All right. Okay. Well, it was. We got ourselves through our crossover with Boston Public. Now it is time to hop back over to the YouTubes and hear us talk about it and hand out some oopsies and a surprise. And we are back, baby. Wipe that Vaseline from your eyes. Because, yeah. uh, yeah. Hold on, hold on. I'm going to get, get centered. The resolution is yes. back. <laughs> yeah, we have. Uh, yeah, boy, that was that was real rough. Now. We are going to do everybody's favorite segment, but this time the Boston Public edition of... Mike has 30 seconds to remember what just happened on the show. Oh, this one's going to suck because I, I got to tell you, I'm not sure. We were back in court for the same case we started last week. The guy slept with the, with the student, but the parents are like mildly okay with it now, even though it didn't seem like it. And the friend like didn't tell anybody, and then back and forth happens. Uh, the uh, Goober and the other guy fight a lot. Jimmy says three things, and guess what? We lose, and the teacher goes away, and uh, Fievel goes west, and and the and Rashida Jones is like, ah, you're a little pervy for me, and then uh, we see the credits. Yeah, I think that's uh, I think that's a pretty <laughs> fair uh, description of it. Uh, and now it is time for our surprise because during the episode we got your honor, that verdict was crap. The truth was concealed, it must be revealed, and now it's appealed, 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 appealed. A live appeal. What just a what we live, deserve. A live appeal from our good friend and moderator, Phoenix Cage, who wrote in to say, while we did this, first, let me say, 
I love Boston Public. I watched it during its original run and again just a few years ago. But before now, I was oblivious to the practice and had no idea there was a crossover. As far as I knew, Cameron Manheim was just a day player. (laughs) Seeing this episode gave that storyline a bit more depth. But coming from the practice, you only get uh, the tip of the iceberg. You should at least watch Boston Public uh, 112 to get a bigger picture before you watch 113. I did, Phoenix. For example, one important detail that you misstated, Keith, was that Milton Buttle was sleeping with one of his students. That was not the case. Not only was she not his student, but when he met her, he didn't even think that she was in high school. To which I say, wrong, Phoenix. If you are an employee of the high school that that student goes to, she is your student, whether she's in your class or not, by my definition. And to be fair, I was raised by two public school teachers. Ha. Boom. One. Uh, Two, and he continues, not only was she not his student, but when he met her, he didn't even think he was in high school. Uh, He didn't think she was even in high school. They met elsewhere, and he was led to believe that she was a student at Harvard. They They bonded over their mutual love of literature and started a romantic relationship. And to which I say, sure, at that point, if he did not know that she was a student, nor a student at his school, and thought that, Fine, I'm with him at that point. Sure, I understand. No problem. However, when he, uh, what he did once he found out is all covered in episodes 111 and 112. Uh, if you only watch 113, all you see is the fallout. So even that situation is not as black and white as you made it sound, which makes his friend being fired for not outing him uh, even more of an overreaction. Uh, given that, you can't compare it to reporting child abuse. Not only was she an adult and not his student, she was also the aggressor. The real issue is that as a student at his high school, the relationship would almost certainly spill over into the school. His co-workers would have been authority figures over her and her friends. Okay, well, I I disagree. I think, like, I understand where he's coming from up until the instant he finds out that she is a high school student and a high school student at her at his school, regardless of whether she was technically 18 or not. The instant he knew that she was a student at his high school and he continued the relationship a half of a second beyond that, he is 100% in the wrong. And, uh, and any teacher who knew about that should should report that immediately because it's an abuse of power regardless of whether or not she was technically in his class or not, in my opinion. Uh, he continues, uh, his coworkers would have been authority figures over her and her friends. It would be very messy, and the policy against any teacher dating any student is a good one. But as stupid as it was for Milton to continue the relationship, once he realized uh, she went to Winslow, it was not child abuse. Uh, it was not technically child abuse because she was 18, but in my opinion, a still a egregious abuse of power. Uh, anyway, so uh, what his friend did, wait, 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 how, uh, so what his friend did was not like failing to report child abuse. However, he lied to his boss, and that is, uh, I lost myself. So he lied to his boss about the school issue. I take 
honestly, very seriously. So in Harper's place, I'd give him his first and last warning next time I'd fire him. But knowing what I know, because I watched a previous episode, Kevin Riley was only given Milton a day to end the relationship. His lie was not a cover-up. It was a delay, although he did technically say he covered it up in this episode. Had Milton not followed through, I fully believe Kevin would have been in that office volunteering the truth. Even Milton believed that his friend would report him because it actually did make him tell Lisa Greer that it was over for good, which he did in uh, the previous episode and then continued the relationship once they got caught. So hmm. she may have been able to convince him otherwise despite his intentions, but there was no reflection on Kevin Riley. Okay, I gave you enough shit and now I've... Uh, I've got to give you some credit. The Anthony Held bumper was impeccable. Well done, sir. It's a shame that it will only be played on this and possibly next episode. But even still, at least it wasn't a big, <laughs> big of a waste of time as your sports ball segment. Fair enough. Uh, all right, Phoenix. The discussion continues. But I, uh, well, I definitely see some of the points you made. I hold to my viewpoint. So there, and now go again. You, I just talked for like forty-five minutes. Yeah, I would just say I agree with Phoenix that uh, Keith's righteousness to make everything black and white. I understand there is a bit more nuance here. I, I guess what confuses me more is that, especially in the case of the of the person who delayed cover up, is very seems a little bit more aggressive than it was. My question is, I, I still think. Having your bringing in your own personal lawyer is weird. Like this is why you have a teachers' union. This seems like a perfect perfect time for the teachers' union to step in and either stand by him or, like, what is the exact policy of the school? If it was an adult, a consenting adult relationship, like there has to be in the bylaws. Is it if it was just an opinion of the principals that they wanted to just fire him unilaterally? There, which it seems like it was. It seems like there's a lot more fight he has. He seemed, you know what I mean, than just to accept this result. Well, and, and Eleanor's point in her close was about due process. But in this case, I don't think anybody was arguing what happened, but merely, so there wasn't really much of a process because they weren't like uncovering what had happened. It was like, you know, is it, a, is what, ha what we already know a fireable offense or not. Hold on. What the I'm going to see there. if real quick, this is going to be really difficult to do, but I'm going to call my brother who is a principal of a, of a school, Nick. And he picked up. Uh, I don't know if I can get you on mic. I'm going to try. Yeah, do it. Uh, so Nick, you're a principal of a school. This is true. Last time I checked, unless you know something I don't. Uh, so I'm going to just give you a scenario real quick. And I just want to know your 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 gut instinct and how this would go down. Okay? And, and you were live on the yeah. air, by the way. You, you should know should you're know live that. on the podcast. So just know that this is something that is a, a conversation <laughs> that is going to be public. Okay. <laughs> is this the, uh, uh, oh, this is the Boston Legal Podcast. Uh, it, well, eventually. Out of practice, yes. Out of practice. Okay, you're principal for school. And it comes to your attention that one of your teachers has do been... I get to sleep with James Spader? Uh, <laughs> no, you do not. Well, maybe. That different episode, not this particular episode. Okay. So you find out that it, you're... Now, this is a high school, okay? Okay. You find out that a, a, a teacher at your school is sleeping with a student who's 18 years old. Correct. Okay. Uh, first of all, is that a fireable offense? Yes, it is. Okay. Now, you find out that a colleague of his that also teaches in your school knew about the relationship and failed to bring it to anyone's attention, failed to act and to let you know that he knew his friend was sleeping with a student. 
Also a fireable offense. Okay. Yes. Not just Woo! not just a fireable offense, a prosecutable offense. Because yes. Um, not only well, let's do the first situation first. Doesn't matter what the student's age is. If they are a student, a teacher is in a position of power, which gives them undue influence over the student. So age has no bearing on this situation. So they would be not only fired, but they would be prosecuted and definitely would do some jail time. As far as the teacher who knew and didn't report, equally as culpable, although it's a lesser offense, um, but they would likely also do jail time. Um, but both would be fired, lose their certificates forever, um, and would both be prosecuted to the fullest extent of the law. All right. Well, uh, I'll Hell see you tomorrow, and yeah. that's all we needed. Keith, thanks you for agreeing with him, and uh, we'll talk. I'll talk to you after the show is wrapped. I would like a catchy theme song for my daily life at some point, too. Thank you. Hell yeah. Okay, he agrees. Hell <laughs> yes. Hell yes. All right, well, I'm I mean. I'm so glad you did that. That is the best moment of the podcast of, yeah. Remember when we say better podcast? It just became that for the one time only. <laughs> we became the better podcast. Hold on. You know what? Now now we have to do it because uh, uh, we actually deserve it. Where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Oh, God. I can't find the better podcast would be able to find the better podcast bumper. Or not do oh yeah the jingle jing, yeah yeah where is it? Uh. <laughs> I literally can't answer that question. <laughs> I imagine on the piece of software directly in front of you. I know. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. not. It. I guess that'll. Do. Well, maybe it's not loaded. Oh well, you know what? <laughs> oh wait, here it is. All right, we have to do two. You can do one. Congratulating yourself on being the better podcast. Here we go. Okay. I'm so glad I called my brother up. He rarely picks up the phone, but today he did. He probably thought he was getting a Christmas present. All right, now I have to do one. We finally were the better podcast, but then I couldn't find the bumper for about 45 minutes, but I won my fucking argument with Phoenix. Take that. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> Which I suppose brings us to... Oh, my God. Ladies and gentlemen, the Out of Practice Podcast, in unofficial, unsolicited, unfactual association with David E. Kelly Productions, proudly present... Oopsie. The Oopsies! Celebrating excellence in acting good, lawyering good, guesting good, and being Tom Brady. Not to mention, this is where we rate the episode and stuff. Now... Here are your hosts, Keith and Mike. What the hell are the oopsies? Well, Jackie, it is the award show we do at the end of every episode that begins with... Most Valuable! Well, you know, even though the judge pretty much announces his prejudice at the end, which was, you know... Prejudice? He was right to just... <laughs> yeah, okay, that being the case. Uh, <laughs> pretty much him being a parent, that was that was it. When you find out he has a 17-year-old daughter, you're like, okay, well, we lost this one. Uh, yeah, you're 100%. Uh, however, I think it was... How can you not give it to, I'm not a lawyer, but I'm going to give the close of a lifetime here and really uh, call Principal out... Principal Stephen Harper. Principal, St Principal Stephen Harper. Yeah, okay, so he roughs some people up. So does Eugene. So he's got some strong opinions. Uh, so does Jimmy. 
So we're so going to let everybody. those things slide. And he, uh, he he's also shows himself that he could be a member of our firm. He's so damn good. So principal, that guy is my oopsie. Could, yeah, no, I, I, I don't even have to talk. Obviously, obviously, it's principal Stephen Harper for the most valuable lawyer. Next up. Already famous because you've been on TV. Getting a paycheck. First entry on your IMDb. Way to go. But you're the best guest actor. I forget if it we is now full on dark outside and all my windows are open. So my neighbors are full on <laughs> watching me do that in this one little spotlight. And we're watching you basically work over your bomb bench because it's dark with just a spotlight on your face and it looks like you're building something <laughs> nefarious. So that's true. <laughs> uh, uh, so I, I forget the bylaws here, Keith, but should, can I say Eleanor Frutt here or uh, yeah, Cameron Mack? Well, Cameron Mannheim? Yeah, what what did we do for Ellie McBeal? No idea. I don't I don't either. I have no idea what we did because it really does Hold on. I I have to check. Okay. Uh, uh my gut tells me we would have thought about it this exact way we're talking about it that that our that Cameron is the guest star here. <sighs> yes. Hold on. I'm I'm going back. I'm going back into our Instagram feed. To see, oh wait, you know what? I can do it even better because I have our spreadsheet up. All right, season two crossover. The inmates. Our best actor was from the show. Best guest. Oh, okay. We did. We split the difference. We had a guest actor. Guest actor. It went to Donna Murphy. Oh. No, okay. Well, then, we, then it's sort of. Then it's We're choice. setting precedent now. Yeah, I think it makes sense. This was an episode of Boston Public. I okay. think that it should be because uh, Cameron could lose, right? Right. But, but she didn't. She won. So uh, at least in my heart. So I think Cameron Manheim is the best guest actor of this episode. She was excellent in the episode. She always is. That, like you said, there was that sexual chemistry, but also just a great back and forth uh, rapport yep. she had uh, with the principal. And I think that uh, she did what she do. And, and uh, yeah. oopsie award. Okay. Yeah. No, I guess you're right. It's it's fascinating. I Cameron is the first person to win three different oopsie awards. Because mm -hmm. like no no person has ever won three different categories of oopsie award before. So uh, yeah, I'm I'm with you. Congratulations, Cameron Manheim, on your best guest actor. Which brings us to. You killed your podiatrist or blew the case But you let a single tear run down your face You're the best actor on the show Well, I think we have a, we have a toss-up between Dookie <laughs> Dookie <laughs> Massachusetts. Massachusetts. 
Anthony Held, I truly <laughs> profoundly wish that you have listened to the last episodes. Goober and Duke. Goober doesn't even sound like Dookie. I don't know. <laughs> that makes no sense at all. Oh, God damn it. Oh, God. Make sure to clip that because we got to play that again someday. Um, <laughs> oh, Dookie. Uh, <laughs> I don't even know where that came from in my cerebellum. Guys, go to YouTube. If you want to see Mike uh, truly cry. Um, like, you might get your best actor today. Could you <laughs> my oopsie for Dookie. You got to get your oopsie. Oh, man, I'm not even hopped up on cold medicine. Uh, so, yeah, Ooh. Anthony Held versus, uh, you know, Principal I'm she Mad. McBride. Yeah. Principal um. I'm Mad. So, okay, folks, it's the great matchup of Principal I'm Mad and Dookie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Who's gonna win? Now, if I let Dookie win, best actor, when you Photoshop it in for the oopsies, can you call him, can you refer to his character as uh, so, uh, Mr. "Quote unquote," Dookie Goober, and <laughs> I'm just, if we split, it's gonna be Principal. I'm mad and Dookie. Okay, well in that case, I'm gonna give it to Dookie. All right, uh, I would definitely normally give it to Dookie, but because I want the Instagram to work out, <laughs> congratulations, Principal. I'm mad and Dookie. <laughs> Oh, for people who don't listen to the episodes, which is many, they will be curious yeah. as to uh, what that means. But. Wow. Wow. All uh. right. <laughs> Woo, moving forward. The Tom Brady Award for being Tom Brady. Oh, last week was a gem, folks. It's right here. It's uh, it's CCH Pounder. Happy birthday, by the way. Uh, today is her birthday when we're recording. And yes. uh, she got to, for her birthday, she got to deliver the baby of Tom Brady. Um, oh man. So this week, clearly, oh, we've already used the dookie joke in the Instagram, so we don't need to re read We did, it. no. It's, it's, it's too much dookie. Too much dookie. And it's, it's going to be dark comedy if we make Tom Brady sleep with an underage student or a, of uh, age student. Yeah, we're definitely not going to do that. Um, you know, Keith, I'm going to really test the bounds of your creativity. Okay. Uh, and I'm going to make this very general and let's see where you go with it. Let's, I want to, this, this week, the winner of the Tom Brady War for being Tom Brady is crossing over Tom Brady. Ooh, crossing over Tom Brady. Okay. So just very, let that marinate and see where, see what you come up with. I don't know. I feel like this is going to be some sort of like a Delta Burke thing, like touched by an angel. <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. That's, we'll see. Should be very, very interesting. So uh, congratulations, crossing over Tom Brady for your Tom Brady Award for being Tom Brady. It is now time. Ladies and gentlemen, it is time to announce how many spare tires this episode gets. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm, I might have to take Phoenix's recommendation and watch a few more, track down a few more episodes of Boston Public because I, I'm appeared at least in this particular episode to be a little bit tonally inconsistent, which is why I wonder if it was maybe struggling to find a, a viewership. It didn't doesn't seem like it quite knows what it is just yet. At least in this one little vertical slice. Yeah. Uh I like that Cameron came in and was great. I, I love that we gave we we lent them Cameron because I think she was a great adversary for the uh the team. Yeah. There weren't a lot of particularly likable characters that I I saw. <laughs> That's a very interesting point, yeah. And uh, like we said, it, it seems like this is one of those 
cases where it it seems like they're trying to pose some interesting moral questions to us and a lot of gray area between friendship and what's the right thing to do and a lot of stuff. But we're coming from a show that, generally speaking, is pretty by the letter of the law. And here, as my brother mentioned, as you have mentioned, it seems pretty clear cut, regardless of what you think should be the case or how, you know, like... You know, how many T's do we cross and I's do we dot? It is pretty literal. He broke the code of conduct and therefore you get fired. It doesn't seem like it was egregious in either way. It seemed like the more interesting character beat was like the airing of grievance between the, the principal and the vice principal. That was sort of the juicy bit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so as an episode, I, I can't really... It's hard to judge it as a one-off. I don't, you know, in the universe of the Boston public, but well, in the universe judge of- judge it as if it were an episode of The Practice. Yes. I was fairly uninterested. I didn't think the case was that interesting. And, uh, you know, it was much less litigating and much more personal stuff, which usually I like, but I don't know these characters, so it, it rang less true to me. Although it did spawn quite an interesting new podcast for Keith and I uh, about- Sure did. About relationships that we will never do because we enjoy being married. Hmm, hmm. So, uh, I'm going to give it 6.14 spare tires. Yeah. Well, I, you know, I, I think you kind of hit the nail on the head with the problem with Boston Public, uh, especially early on, and that is the tonal inc- inconsistencies. And it's because of, and this show, this episode really highlights it because it sort of lists all of the crazy things that have happened, all of which would be the craziest thing to happen in a high school in years. All happened within 12 episodes. Um, and the other part about the likability of the characters. And all of these characters have moments that demonstrate likability in other things. And, and Phoenix, to, to, to be fair, I watched the whole series when it aired. So like, I actually like know all of these characters and I, and I knew this storyline. I maybe mean, it's been a while, but I actually did go back and watch uh, the episode before just to, to be fair, you were drunk, you were myself. drunk with power and free food whilst you were watching this from your college that's, promotion. That's true. I am frequently drunk with power. Uh, I mean, obviously what, why else do a podcast if not to become drunk with power? Um, but it was, yeah, I, I think the, because of the, the tonality of the show, because it, it is sometimes so over the top and sort of silly and really horny, uh, oddly horny for a high school show and uh, amongst the teachers. Um, but also I watched the episode previous to this where like there's this huge storyline about uh, a student who murdered somebody and in the sort of the gang life and and he's trying to help him there and it's it's very like dark and intense and so it i found it hard i really like chi mcbride's character and and i like dookie very much and i love their uh <laughs> the combination of their two characters and that for me was the heart of the show that i really cared about the most and you're right that was by far the meatiest best scene in the episode was the sort of coming together and the honesty and openness of both of those characters in both coming from like a real place and an incredibly well acted place. Um, uh, The fact that our characters came in like Eleanor and Jimmy, they were kind of props. 
Jimmy and, specifically. And Jimmy, but, but even Eleanor, like Phoenix's point about her not knowing that she wasn't like a day player lawyer coming in. Like, I, I get that. She easily could have been because it mm -hmm. really wasn't Eleanor or Jimmy. It was like the lawyers that they hired. And so I didn't, I don't like Eleanor and Jimmy's taking this case right now with Rebecca fighting for her life. That doesn't feel uh, totally consistent with the characters. And I don't think they're doing the characters any service by having them out here. She's getting fired up about like this thing that doesn't really matter. And she's fighting with the principal. Like this isn't what Eleanor or Jimmy should be caring about right now, but I get it. It's a crossover. It sweeps. You got to do it. You got to do it. Fine, fine, fine. Anyway, number of tires. Uh, I don't think it was as bad as you did. Um, I, I give it a 6.76. 6.76, 6 Uh I don't know why they get applause. You get applause for that rating. <laughs> Folks, Dookie. you have gotten through a loopy episode of the Out of Practice podcast. If you would like to join the discussion, whether or not we are recording, we will we will literally get you into the show if you email <laughs> us when we record. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Out of Practice Podcast. You can email us at Out of Practice Podcast at gmail.com. You can check out our blog at outofpracticepodcast.blogspot.com. Do us a huge favor. Join the jury. Leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcast or any other service. It really helps us find new listeners. This episode of the Out of Practice Podcast is brought to you by generous donations by Leanne Wright's Cloud Lover 69, Jorge Navoa, and Jennifer Mazzanova. If you want to join them, you can do so by clicking the one-time donation or monthly donation. Those links are in the show notes along with link to the 1982 uh, Tony Awards. Uh, also, a link to the weird high school, that uh, story I mentioned about my high school. If you ever need to cross over your favorite podcasts, just let them know there are any of your favorite podcast hosts are always allowed on our show. Uh, and we will refer to them not by their first names, but by Dookie. And uh, go ahead and find your favorite Dookie and shoot it with some laser sounds. Laser sounds. On behalf of myself, Keith, and all of our listeners, good luck with the move. We'll see you from New Jersey next week. Yes. Happy holidays, everybody. Woo, we did it. That was a good one. <laughs>